what I pray for is humility, to know that there is something greater than I. Then I have to know that the brute, the bigot, and the batterer are all children of God, whether they know it or not. And I'm supposed to treat them accordingly. I'd like everybody to think of a statement by Terence. The statement is, I am a human being. Nothing human can be alien to me. Nothing human can be alien to me. So I woke up this morning. It's October 2nd. It's a Monday. Um, and it's already like a gloomy day in New Orleans. It's gray and raining. And, you know, it's Monday. Like, who really wants to get up on a Monday after your weekend of just hanging out and relaxing? Um, you know, my nine to fivers. And, you know, it's already gloomy or whatever. So I get to work. I'm a couple minutes late to the morning meeting. And I walk in and they're talking about, I don't know, some law or something. And then um, the next piece of the conversation goes into data and grades and numbers and things that I just didn't care about at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, but you know, it's just the nature of the work. So you do the work anyway. And so I, I just was like, okay, I don't know if they've already talked about this, but you know, by the way, um, you know, at the time it was 50 people. So I'm like, okay, by the way, 50 people were shot last night in a mass shooting in Las Vegas. Maybe we can talk about that. Um, and what we need to do to get our souls right. Um, and in, in, in line with love, because apparently there just ain't enough. Um, or there's enough, but people just aren't, aren't going to the well to drink the water. Um, so of course, you know, at this point, it is about 4.40, no, actually it's about 6.40, this particular clock is wrong, it's about 6.40, and now they're saying 59 people were killed, that's ridiculous, you guys, um, and I feel for those families, I feel for those friends and individuals that went out to have a good time and just hang out, um, and now, you know, trauma work needs to be done because hundreds of people, if not more, if not thousands, I don't know how many people were at this concert, but just the a huge number of people injured um it's like over 400 some people they said injured it's horrible um and it just makes me wonder if we're doing anything right right now i think i look at education and i'm like are we doing this right our kids overall and this is not to say speak negatively about schools that are really trying um, and I do believe that where I work, we're really trying. But overall, there's a certain level of respect that certain kids just aren't aren't displaying at school. There's a certain level of understanding of value in terms of life, in terms of other people's space, in terms of property, in terms of you know caring for yourself and caring for your body, caring for your mind. There's like a lack of awareness. Um, and the kids and I know as kids get older they start to re really see the world in a different different way and and I do think that this generation is so creative and um, has so much potential to keep things afloat 
And I do think as millennials, we have that same potential to keep things afloat. But I wonder right now, are we doing this right? Are we teaching the right skills? And are we doing continuing education of those skills? You know, when you're a professional and you're working in a workplace, especially a a professional job that requires a license, there's usually some type of continuing education that you must continue, keyword, to do as you progress in that job or in that field to keep your skills sharp. And I think to those other skills that we totally ignore, you know, like bringing me back to the meeting I was in this morning where we're talking about data and deadlines and numbers, which, you know, we talk about that at 7 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. But we're not talking about people's, how you feel today? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about your soul. Have you meditated lately? You know, have you prayed? Have you, um, you know, reflected on your own journey? Are you happy with where you are, who you are, and where you're going? We don't do continuing soul education. Um, and, and some of us do. But as a society, we do not. We do not. Um, and I look at people like Oprah who does master class. That is a per- perfect example to me of continuing education for your spirit, continuing education for your mind and your soul. And so, you know, I look at what happened in Las Vegas and I'm like, this gentleman was 64 years old. And not that that's old because it's not, but 64 years old. And this was what you wanted to do today. Like that that's what you wanted to do. You know, and then they found... I believe they reported, well, the New York Times reported 20 additional firearms in his, in the hotel room that he was in. That's what, so that's what you plan on doing today was just killing other people. You know, I I can't even like kill a lizard. Now I can kill a roach or a fly or an ant. Don't trip. But I'm saying a lizard, it's like a thing. It's like a little personality. It, It serves a purpose. You know, put them outside. But I look at people and we're like, we look at a human life and we're like, nah, take him out. What? And, and I could go on and on about that in terms of race relations in America as well. When we look at black lives, we look at and how we are valuing them in an unequal way, an unequal way. So it just, it just. It bothers my spirit that I walk into a meeting in the morning and the first thing we're talking about aren't the 50 people or at this point now 59 people that lost their lives. We're talking about, I'm not going to curse. I'm going to commit to not cursing in this episode. But um, yeah, that we're talking about numbers and data. And I realized like, you know, everything isn't for everybody. That's cool. That's Okay. This past week for me, I realized everything is not for me. That certain things, and that's okay, but it's not for me. That my soul needs something else, and that's okay. You know, but um, in all of that, I think we need to just look at who we are and who we want to be. Same thing with Puerto Rico. Is that who we want to be? Is that who, now mind you, there are plenty of Americans out there um, uh, donating, sending supplies, helping, doing everything they can. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about our leadership or lack of leadership. That's what I'm talking about. So in essence, what do we, who do we, who do we want to be? 
because who we are going to be will determine who our kids are going to be and so forth. So we need to figure that out. We need to figure out what is the continuing education that we want to do for ourselves that we can pass down to our kids. And what continuing soul education do we want to make sure they practice and they have? Because I can tell you right now, um, there are certain individuals who focus on this in education with their kids. But as a whole, as a whole, as an institution, nah, bruh, that's not, that's not the place. That, they're, not, they're not providing what our kids need for their souls. Um, they, they're just not. And you can do as much as you can in a school, because I work in one, so I can tell you that. You can do a lot. You can say a lot. But when you go home at the end of the day, and you know those kids are going home at the end of the day, and they're hearing messages that aren't the same ones you're trying to help them learn, it's difficult. So we all need to be doing continuing education for our souls. Can you imagine commercials that told you to go meditate? I feel like we see those messages, but how often are we seeing those messages in our day-to-day lives? Or hearing those messages, I should say, in our day-to-day lives and passing them on to other people. Um, Social media is a great place to spread the word and the knowledge. Like right now with with Puerto Rico um, and same thing with Houston, it was all over social media. Can you imagine, however, if it wasn't if there wasn't social media, where would we get it? Because it surely ain't coming from our president. So I'm on the fence about, I don't know how I feel. Um, I, I don't know. And then I ask myself, am I, am I doing enough for my own spirit and my own soul? And if I'm not, what do I need to be doing? Do I need to be working out, dancing, singing, writing songs? Because those are the things that I love. Do I need to do those things? And my encouragement to you is just find the things that you do, that you love. Find the people that you love and actually love them. Find the places that you love and actually go there. Find the the information that you need for your spirit and for your mind to continue to grow. And constantly and consistently seek those things. Don't just sit around on your phone and don't just donate money. But seriously, do some work on your spirit and your soul. And if you have loved ones and friends that are going through things, you need to talk to them. You need to tell them that I see you, I hear you, and I want to help you. What can I do for you? Tell me what you need from me because I'm going to be there for you. I can't imagine what he was thinking. This paddock gentleman who decided to kill people yesterday, I don't know. And it's the same thing, you know, with the police officers that have been acquitted of these charges and sent back to work to go kill more people with no consequence. Like, I don't know, you guys, it's frustrating, but it's just, um, it's just sad. But um, we do have an awesome interview with Morgan Pete. And um, the interview was recorded prior to the the Las Vegas shooting, prior to the flooding in Houston. Um, She was actually one of the first people I interviewed for the podcast. And so, um, minus my tirade, 
it's a very great interview <laughs> with Morgan. So we're really going to go ahead and jump into to that because that's that's our purpose here. But it would be strange of me to not comment on what happened in Vegas. It just and what I think we need to um, just do for ourselves. I, I can't write policy at the moment. That's not my thing. I'm not trying to run for office. That's not my thing. Um, but whatever it is that you're going through and you need to talk to somebody, please talk to them. Whatever it is that your friends and family go, please talk to them. If they start buying a hell of guns all of a sudden, please talk to them. And for these gun stores and individuals that are buying and selling guns, just be smart about it. Because America right now, you know, the laws are in your on your side. But be smart about it. Come on, be smart about it. Everything can't be about numbers all the time and data and money. Because at this rate, we ain't going to have nothing left for our kids, dog. We're not going to have it. We're not going to have it. But anyway, we're going to get into this interview with Morgan. Because, again, that's why we're here. Y'all not really here to listen to me vent. But I had to, so thanks. <laughs> but this is a, a quote from Morgan. She says, It doesn't matter how long it takes or how far you have to go. Every minute is worth it. The journey is the best part and you will never know unless you try. There will be times when you feel like you should quit and that's when you should work even harder. Always remember that the sky is not the limit. And that's Morgan Pete from Lafayette, Louisiana. You guys check her out at skyisnotthelimit.co as well as acadianafashionweek.com and make sure to follow Miss Morgan Pete on social media. So she's going to tell us a lot more about her in our interview. Um, but just to give you a little bit of background, because she has an awesome resume, you guys. Um, just an amazing, really cool girl. Um, she did graduate from the University of Lafayette in biology. And she is the author of a book that you can order on Amazon or Barnes Noble. Or Google it if you don't buy there. Go buy it from somewhere else. It's called Nothing Like a Little Bit of Confidence. Living Past Society's Definition of Beauty. Which she wrote as a, um, as a message to young adults to learn the importance of inner confidence. And to help them understand that it doesn't matter how you're portrayed by others. But to love themselves for exactly who they are. And she is also modeled in New York Fashion Week. New Orleans Fashion Week, Miami Swim Week, for Route 21, and so many more. Um, so many people have called her because of her philanthropic work as well. She does um, these different seminars with young women. We're going to go into more that she does. Again, she's the... Um, God, I can't even talk right now. She's also the founder of Acadiana Fashion Week. So that is going to be coming up again for the second year in a row this um, in summer of 2018. They just had the first one in Lafayette, Louisiana this past summer. She's freaking awesome. And she also ran three model camps in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans. Um, so you guys really have to keep up with Morgan because she's got a lot going on. So one, continue to pray for Vegas, but 
let's do some work on ourselves. And two, thank you for listening and stay tuned because we're going to jump into this awesome interview with Morgan Pete. So first of all, thank you so much for doing this, number one. I really appreciate it. This is just like a little idea that I had, a little brainchild. Um, I have all these ideas all the time and things I want to do. And I'm like, you know, it would be really cool if, and then I have all this work that I've created for myself. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. So from... Um, reading your bio, there's a lot to touch on and we'll get into everything, but let's kind of just start with you. You grew up in Lafayette? I grew up in Brobridge, not far from Lafayette, maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15. Okay, represent. (laughs) Yeah, it's not far, um, but I moved out here in Lafayette when I started school at UL. Okay. So you started, and you fin- you were a biology major. So tell the story right. of how you went from biology to starting your nonprofit, authoring a book, and traveling the world, and modeling. And then we'll get we'll get to Katyana Fashion Week because that's a whole other big thing. But how did how did you go from biology to fashion? Really, it was from one of my friends. She's a um, photographer in. Like Charles, and she was she just started getting her business off the ground, and she was a model. And um, so I did I didn't model before. It was my first photo shoot, and it went really well. So um, after I did that photo shoot, I started to do fashion shows in Lafayette. The first one I did was the um, the one at the Cajun Dome or the Bridal Expo. Yeah. That was my first one, and I also got in a magazine from that show as well. So I kind of killed two things at once. Nice. And ever since then, it just kind of took off. I did New Orleans Fashion Week right after. Um, I wasn't even sure that I would get a call back, but I did. So, uh, so I did that. Uh huh. And then what else? I did Miami Fashion Week, and then after that, I went to New York and. People started to see that I was serious about modeling. So yeah. I started to get even more emails or DMs from people who wanted to work with me. Yeah. How is it being a professional model versus just taking pictures? Like, I know that it's work because I've, you know, had my short span of experience with it, but I know that it's work and it's definitely commitment. I mean, from inside right. to your outside. Can you talk about how much work you have to do and what you have to put in to make it a professional, um, you know, a, a not I'm not going to say a lifestyle, but a professional career? Um, I kind of had to, I really started from the bottom. So I had to learn that since I'm just starting off, I needed people to take me serious as a model. I, I knew that I wouldn't get paid at the beginning. I wasn't even worried about the money or anything. I was just worried about building up my image. So um, 
So I would go after people. I would contact them. I would try to get in magazines that were, I guess, known around Lafayette so that the people in my community would know about me. So, um, so then after I started to build up my resume, I can go after the bigger magazines like Jet Magazine. I was in that one last year in October, and I had actually talked to the um, the editor in chief, and I I was so surprised that she she DM'd me back and she wanted to work with me. But um, she was really really sweet, and I guess she saw that um, that I was serious about it. Uh huh. So, I think that's the the most important piece. Yeah, I think that's like what you said as far as, you know, not just people knowing your name, but the fact that they know your name for something that you're passionate about, but you take seriously. I mean, if you're not actually working at what you're doing, you know, if you're not actually um, putting yourself out there, yeah, and in the mix of whatever industry, whatever it is you want to do, it's not going to happen sitting on the couch. It's not going to happen, you know, when you're just daydreaming about it you actually have to go out there and do the work and clearly you've done that you know and it's worked for you exactly I still have a long way to go but I think I've done pretty well so far right I mean you gotta like you gotta at least pat yourself on the back a little bit you know like give yourself a little something something so you do you have any um do you think you might go back to biology at any point or do you think that um, fashion has taken I, over. <laughs> I kind of want to do both. Um, I do plan on going back to school next semester, but I don't want. I don't want it to stop fashion altogether. I I just have to find a way to manage my time more. But yeah, I'm trying to do both. That's a lot, but you got it. Yeah. It is, a lot. but um, I guess if I want it, I have to work for it. Yeah. And you got it. I mean, you started um, a nonprofit organization when you were you were at UL when you started um, Sky is Not the Limit. Yes, that was. So what what was the catalyst for that? Was that something that you had always wanted to do, or was there a need that you saw um, from a certain experience? Uh, it was definitely from experience uh, dealing with. I get the modeling industry and it's a lot of pressure people want us to look a certain way or I would get turned down for certain jobs because of uh, the way I look like my skin color was too dark you know just things like that and I didn't want other people to think that just because they look a certain way that the opportunities would stop so I kind of wanted to build this organization where I can help people I guess, um, how can I put it? I guess help them feel comfortable in their skin. Yeah. So the first thing I did was I did a seminar in Lafayette and we focused on dealing with peer pressure, self-image, self-esteem. What else? Oh, dealing with, you know, social networks because a lot of bullying happens on the internet now. Right. So, um, I try to touch base on all of those subjects just to help people out, especially the younger girls in the community. Do you go like into the schools and talk to the kids? Is that part of it? Yeah, I recently, uh, maybe I'm trying to think, 
2017, maybe in 2015, I decided to start going through the schools. Um, I had to get approved from the, the uh, school parish board. Yeah. I had to go through them. They approved me. They approved me for last year and this year. So awesome. I started going through schools. That's good. I mean, because there aren't a lot of programs. I know um, I live, work, and play right now in New Orleans, and there really aren't that many programs that um, are available for the amount of need there is. Like, there are programs, but there are also so many kids that really need to hear these type of messages. So it's hard to, you know, the more people that are out there trying to spread something positive, the better. Because the kids don't really have as much black media as when I was in, you know, when we were in school. Like, there were so many black shows on TV. And not to say that there was a billion of them. And not to say that there's, you know, zero at this, like, now. But we had so many shows, you know, like Moesha and Fresh Fresh Prince. And, like, at least you saw different images of what black beauty was. And, like, young people, though, you know, like... Even Disney shows, they were black Disney shows. And so I think of my cousin Skeeter and like just all kinds of images that really, I don't know who's making the decisions right now, but I mean, some of the shows kids are watching, I'm like, what is, like, what is that? There's no nothing, there's no substance in that at all. Not that every show, you know, has to be serious, but I'm just saying there's like no cultural substance in that at all. Right, I agree. Yeah. So it's just I'm it's hoping just, my organization kind of like more hands on where they can actually have a place or have someone to talk to about anything that they're dealing with. Yeah. Because the internet is is really out of control. <laughs> For like right. To put it to put it put it lightly, it's out of control. Right. It really is. So Tell me about the Miss Louisiana thing. I didn't know this until I read your bio. What, I mean, congratulations, and what do you have to do for that? <laughs> well, I was just a contestant. It was my first time competing last year. Uh, I went at this Bro Bridge. But yeah. um, it was definitely an experience um, to say. It was, it was my first time, so I was really, really nervous. And I had braces, so I didn't want to smile much. It was it was crazy, but I did learn a lot. I met some interesting um, girls there as well. Yeah. Um, um I guess not really. Not, 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 not only because She's like, nah, I didn't <laughs> It was it's it's a different type of experience from fashion week and doing pageants. It's like <laughs> During Fashion Week, it's kind of more, I don't know, it's like, the girls are more, let me say, friendlier during mm-hmm. pageants. They're like really, you know, uppity and happy, and for Fashion Week, it's kind of like more serious, if that uh, makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's it's really different for me, for my experience. Yeah. Well, tell me about Acadiana Fashion Week. Do you do you say because you are the official, um, you know, yeah. final word um, on this? Do you say Fashion Week Acadiana or Acadiana Fashion Week? Acadiana Fashion. 
Okay, and for Acadiana Fashion Week, how in the world did you get that many people to organize some, I mean, honest to God, you, okay, now you know, because you've been on UL's campus, you know how it goes, people putting together their shows, I mean, sometimes it's like a hot mess, and that's just six people, that's six girls on stage who just literally have to walk and walk back. Now, that's a lot of work because we've seen that. How did you get an entire city to support what you're doing? And it was done very well. I mean, how did that work out? How did this even start? So I was actually talking to one of my friends and I was just throwing the idea out there. Uh And I was just saying, you know, it's time for Katie Anna to have a fashion week for something Closed for everyone to attend out here. So maybe about a few months later, I decided that I wanted to go for it. So I kind of put the idea in, the, in other people's heads, mm-hmm. and um, and they were all on board with it. They were excited. Um, so I can tell you the people that helped me out. Uh, Mike B. Oh, photography. Yes, uh, Mike. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Angel Glaude, she's one of the models that I've been working with since I started Sky's Not the Limit, along with Janetta George. And then we added on Ashley Rowe. She was just on uh, your list. And also Sky Glaude, she's Angel's sister. So she was over the hair team, and Ashley was over the makeup team. So we just kind of started from there. Um, I started to reach out to a few designers from Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, I think one from Mississippi, and a few Lohorns, Baton Rouge. And they were all excited to do it. Um, And they they felt the exact same way that I did, that it was time for something around the Lafayette area. Yeah. So we started from there. We, We had a few meetings. We found a venue. And then we started to, we, we did a casting call, and I was surprised at the amount of girls who showed up, too, um, yeah. at the casting call. That's so and good. And we, we also did online submissions as well for the people who couldn't make it and for the people who was out of town. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, the response was really, really great. I wasn't expecting that. I knew people, you know, knew of me. Because yeah. I've done modeling and because of my books, but I just wasn't expecting that much support. But it was successful. Yay! Congrats. So, are you already planning year two? Yes, I am. Um, I already have the date in mind, July twenty fifth through the twenty ninth oh, for okay. next year. Okay, summertime. Right. I'm just working on a bigger venue for next year. Um, but oh, I do want to kind of talk about the models and the reason why things went so smooth. Yeah, they were they were really really great. I didn't have anyone who complained. If I needed if if a model didn't show up, the other girls were ready to walk. I didn't have anyone who said no. I'm too nervous. They were just ready. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting that. You know, a lot yeah. of females, a lot of different emotions but they were all on the same page and they helped out as well 
is there like an age limit to the models that you had or was it mostly just based on who submitted? Like were there mostly young girls who submitted? There were mostly young girls. I didn't put an age limit on there only because I wanted to, sometimes people want certain models. Uh-huh. So I just kind of like I just kind of let the designers choose the type okay. of models that they wanted. But um I didn't put an age limit on the casting. Okay, I gotcha. So let's talk about your book. So the book that you wrote, hold on, I want to get back. It's called Nothing Like a Little Bit of Confidence. And it says that you, well, let me read the whole thing. Nothing Like a Little Bit of Confidence, Living Past Society's Definition of Beauty. Was this written before you did Sky is Not the Limit? Was it after? Did they kind of go hand in hand? What, and then what, you know, inspired you to write a book? It was after I did Sky's Not the Limit, and it does kind of go hand in hand. I um I took a lot of my experience as, from being in the modeling industry and put it in the book. Uh-huh. Um, I also put a lot of my experience from being in school when I was younger, you know, getting teased because of I was really skinny, and then I was uh, dark skinned. And, you know, a lot of people think that's all a burden. So I kind of wanted to um, to write a book just to show people, just to help them love themselves for exactly who they are. Right. So, like, like I said, it kind of goes with the um, with the organization in my book, kind of hand in hand. I love that, and it's kind of a good like, I how do I say? When people have all these negative things to say about you, especially when you're younger, it's nothing like your success in the future especially when you seal it with a book like (laughs) like you didn't just like be you know you weren't just successful in doing the things that you love to do but you you wrote a book on it so it's kind of like tell me something now like go ahead like what you want to (laughs) say go ahead and write my second book how about you do that (laughs) do you ever run into people that used to put you down like do they do you ever run into them and ever feel like yeah I know you know me (laughs) I mean I see people around and I'm just at a different level my mindset is at a different level so it doesn't really I don't know I really don't have a reaction to give them I'm just I just don't let people move me that easily anymore Mm -hmm. so I don't know I've, I've changed a lot What's behind that? Like, where did the confidence end up coming from? Modeling. <laughs> that really? helped a lot. Yeah. Um, modeling just, it just gave me that extra boost of confidence uh-huh. that I needed. Um, being on the runway, not being afraid to go to walking hills in front of a lot of people. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't have the, the confidence to do that, so... That just, whenever I would be on a runway, it just helped me even more. So That's good. Do you have any more model camps coming up? Like, is that something that you want to continue doing? I am working on one. It's going to be all under Fashion Week. Okay. We're thinking of doing a weekend workshop. Uh um, I'm still working on the details, but it should be, we should be getting it together soon. Nice.
Yeah, who are the fashion labels you love, whether locally, like within the state, or just internationally? Like, who are your favorite brands? My favorite, one of my favorites out here in Louisiana is Paige Alexander. She was in Fashion Week in July. Uh huh. Um, her designs are just, it's different. It's not, it's not the same that I've, the same thing that I've been seeing. She's just, she's a great designer. She, yeah. um, not only does she have good work, but working with her as well, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. That's good. And some of your, what would be some of your personal advice, like, for people who either want to get into modeling or want to get into fashion, where's the best place you think they should start? Or at least, like, what is your, your tidbit of advice for them? So whenever people ask me about modeling, I usually tell them that they need to set up a photo shoot, get some head shots and body shots done, even mm-hmm. just a, a white shirt and blue jeans, um, just so that they can have that to send off to different designers or different casting calls mm-hmm. and to also find out the type of modeling that they're interested in because everyone isn't interested in the same thing so What's um the different types of modeling there's runway print commercial a lot of the shorter girls do print so uh-huh. um that's like magazines things that are editorial uh-huh. um, those that commercial modeling catalog. My favorite is runway and editorial. But um there's there's a, a full list of different types of modeling that people can can uh do. And it's yeah. also in my book if anyone wants to to know. Yes, y'all heard that, so go get the book. Go educate yourself. And I think it's good to, like, be prepared. I think it's good to be prepared and to know what where your strengths are. I mean, not to say that everybody can't do everything, but sometimes everybody shouldn't do everything. That is true. Um, a lot of girls get disappointed because most agencies in New York or L.A., they want girls who five nine and up and five nine is still considered pretty short that's short right well, it is short it's for shortest, but yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of them get disappointed so um i just try to tell them to do something that that's right for them if you're too short do print modeling or do things in louisiana or atlanta maybe Texas, because sometimes they don't mind mm-hmm. taking the shorter girls if they have a good walk. Mm-hmm. But um, but I never tell them not to go after it. It's just some people want certain things. Yeah. We can't, we can't do anything about that. Have you had any designers, um, have you had any designers just be completely rude to you? No, I haven't had any bad experiences. That's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't been. No one was ever rude. Yeah. So tell me this. Do you represent yourself? Are you part of an agency or like a management company that you work with? 
I represent myself right now. I'm uh, trying to get to Los Angeles to um to sign with an agency, but it's just kind of hard being in Louisiana and trying to go back and forth. Yeah. So still working on that. Yeah. Well, for now, I just, I get things on my own. Yeah. That's that hustling spirit right there. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure where the opportunity is going to be where I am. So I'm just going to make the opportunity be right. where I am. Right. I was reading, um, I, I was very curious because, um, I wanted to kind of get an idea for the listeners as well as just for like my personal knowledge of black women in history who have designed and I thought it was really interesting like the number of black women who were fashion designers for you know elite celebrity you know presidents presidents wives and you never really knew their name you know and I wonder, are there any certain, I mean, I found some on the list that I'll probably talk about in the podcast later um, that I just found really interesting. Like one of them bought herself out of slavery as a seamstress, which was like, wait, what? She was born in 1818. Yeah, like homegirl was born before 1900s and bought herself out of slavery with fashion, like that long ago so what what well i'll ask you two questions from that but one do you have any you know role models that you model your career after or your um you know your passions after honestly it's not the person who i find is my role model doesn't even involve fashion it's just his the way he I guess hustles is just. Yeah. What are you about to say? I love, and it's Kevin Hart. <laughs> I was like, I just love yeah. him. I love the yeah. way he works. It's like, is he's just always working, always doing something? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I love it. Him I, and Zendaya as well. She yeah. also has some minds, but. And then my other question from that just from reading about these amazing women i mean honestly like one of them was the original was the designer of the original playboy bunny costume like a black woman probably wouldn't have known you know back then but like ella fitzgerald and dorothy dandridge Mae west all women who wore this original um pinup outfit designed by a black woman I thought that was interesting. Or the lady who designed, um, let me see, what was her name? Oh, wait, I skipped her. Zella Valdez, I believe. But she designed, no, she designed the Playboy Bunny costume. And Miss Anne Lowe, who was born in 1898. Sorry for the history lesson. I'm a nerd, by the way. Oh, no. But she designed Jacqueline Kennedy's wedding dress. And she was a a designer for all these extremely rich people. So I just, my question from that is, what do you think is the power of fashion that's able to break down some of the the cultural walls that exist? And I mean, we're in South Louisiana, so there are even 
there's another layer to the complexities of, you know, just race and gender and age. What do you think is the power of fashion to help break through those um, barriers? Kind of deep question, but... (laughs) I guess it would be because it's just a different way to express ourselves. Yeah. So they had this one show in New York Fashion Week last, in February, and on the shirts, it was all about feminism. It, the, there were different models walking in a line, and each shirt said something about being a strong woman. Uh-huh. And I think, I think that's why, can't answer your question, I think that's what breaks down those barriers. We, yeah. we have a different way to express ourselves instead of using, you know, verbal uh, yeah. words we can just we can express it through what we're wearing mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot of artists that find their voice I find through fashion just like um, you're explaining with the fashion show and the different shirts it's like you can't always say exactly what you want to say sometimes depending on your status you know and and what you have to lose because There are people out there who don't want you to say what you really want to say, you know? Um, But I think because, and and it's not just black people, but I think creative people and people who have been oppressed or people who have had to go through something, whether it's because of your gender, your color, your age, you know, um, your sexual orientation, whatever, I think you have a more complex story. You just have more to say. So... At some point in your life, you want to say something and you find ways to do it, whether it's music. And, you know, we have some awesome music down here in the South, Um, you know, whether it's through dance and then whether it's through fashion. Do you think you'll ever get into fashion design yourself? Like, is that something that you've ever wanted to do? I've been interested in it. Um, Well, I do it. I doubt it. Uh Uh-huh. But... I have thought about it. I just, I don't think I will. Not for you. Is it just like too much stress? Too much to do? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, yeah, probably extra. Yeah. Stress. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah I'm going to leave it to the designers. Yes. That's going to be that time. So I have a um, fill-in-the-blank question for you. Okay. All right. And it is, I wish I knew blank when I was blank. But it could be anything you want to say. Okay. Let me think. I wish I knew. Okay. I'll say I wish I knew. I'm going to just keep it simple. I wish I knew how beautiful I was when I was younger. Uh-huh. I'll say that. And okay. I say that only because I think that beauty is more than just skin deep. Uh-huh. I was I was worried about how other people would see me that I lost sight of myself. Yeah. That's a good one. I have another <laughs> one for you, but it's not filling a blank. It's not that hard. Okay. Um... What is the fashion faux pas right now that people need to stop doing or stop wearing? Like, what do people need to stop wearing right now? 
Hmm. Like, do people just come up to you and ask you for fashion advice? Some people do, and I'm just, I keep thinking, what would this designer say or this stylist say to <laughs> Like, I'm the, why are you asking me about your clothes? <laughs> okay, so what do I think people need to stop wearing? Um... Hmm. It's dead. I, I don't like jersey dresses. Do people still wear those? Some people do. I just, I never I did never like those. <laughs> I don't like jersey dresses, the shoe heels, the the shoes that have heels. I don't like those either. Like uh-huh. the tennis shoes. Oh, yeah, but, I don't even know what they're called. I don't know, but I hate but those, it. Are, those are on the do not, do not do Right. <laughs> but, no, I really didn't know about the jersey dress. Now, I think the jersey dress is okay if you're going to a game. Right. And that's, like, the only time it's really necessary, honestly. Other than that, or maybe going to sleep in it because you're just a diehard fan or something weird. Um, I'm with you on that one. I think... They're, they can be retired and yes. put away in a closet in a dark dark place. <laughs> a dark dark place somewhere. Right. Um, do you find that the guys are as interested in the fashion and in fashion week as the... I know women are like obsessed with fashion. That's a given. We love looking good. But have men responded to any of this at all? Like other than Mike, who's the photographer and your business partner? <laughs> Yes, um, there's a lot of males who's interested in modeling now. Um, yeah. I, I had a good, I had a good amount of males who responded. Not as much as women, but I still had a good amount. Yeah. <clears throat> I definitely think that they're growing in the modeling industry uh-huh. more. Um, we need more, but. They're starting to come out. Yeah. Do they need the same amount of coaching, or do they ever need, like, way more coaching than the girls? Oh, no. They, the girls need more. They're, the males are really, really simple. If they walk with confidence in real masculine, they, they got it. Hmm. All right, fellas. So you heard that, if you're listening. Your, your job isn't that hard. <laughs> it is not. All you have to do is walk. Right. The girls, it's a little more technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk with a girl that's going to help you look good and you'll be a great accessory. <laughs> be a great accessory. So what is um, what is next for you? Next? I'm doing LA Fashion Week in March. And then for New York Fashion Week, I'm going just to go out there but um I'm in LA Fashion Week and then after that it's gonna be a Katie on a fashion week so I do have one more question for you. Have you thought about um creating your own company yourself like where you're booking the models I don't know what you call that I guess an agency have you ever thought about opening your own agency? A lot of people ask me that and I've thought about it, but I just, I don't want that type of responsibility. 
Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Because it's it's kind of hard to make certain models understand that everyone's not going to want to book them. Yeah. Um, especially out here, it's kind of, it's a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. But, um, and trying to get them to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. But, no. <laughs> That's, I'm going to stay away from that. Right. That was a no. That was a hell no. <laughs> Right. Do you think that next year's is gonna be um you I know you're you're adding certain things. Is it gonna be completely just like renovated, just completely new, redesigned thing? Or do, are you pretty happy with how things turned out this year? You just kinda wanna improve from there. Yeah, um I am happy how things turned out this year. It, it was kinda better than what I within what I expected. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to work on improving certain things, making it bigger, uh, and just learn more about the business, on, on more on the business side of a fashion week. Yeah, nice. And my last question for you, um, what is your mantra? Do you have a mantra? Is there a certain thing that keeps you going? Or like a certain practice that you have that, um, you use to kind of motivate yourself, or do you read your book? <laughs> that would be cool, but uh, I just kind of what motivates me. Um, to be honest, it's just it's the people around that motivates me to keep mm-hmm. going. Um, my family, friends. You gotta keep good people around you, and not toxic right. people around you, because. They can go sit on a shelf in a dark room too. <laughs> no one needs that. No one needs that. Right. Just positive energy. So, how can people contact you, Miss Morgan? You can contact me through email, m o r g g p e t e at gmail dot com, or the Katie Anna Fashion Week one, at Katie Anna Fashion Week at gmail dot com. Also, my Instagram. Morgan Pete underscore and the Acadiana Fashion Week one is just at Acadiana Fashion Week. Hey everyone, so thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, thank you again to Morgan Pete for taking the time to be on the podcast. And you guys make sure to follow us at Say It With Your Breast with an S on Instagram or S-I-W-Y-B podcast on Twitter. And check out the website www.sayitwithyourbreastwithaness.com. Thanks, you guys. And feel free to contact me and email me. I really hope to hear from you.